Hey, everyone. This is Chris Ryan from The Ringer. As many of you have heard by now, we lost a treasured colleague and friend over the weekend. Jonathan Charks passed away on Saturday. John was 34. He leaves behind a wife and a son, and we are obviously mourning his loss and sending all of our love to his family right now. If you go to theringer.com slash Jonathan Charks, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-T-J-A-R-K-S, you will find a memorial page for John which has links to his GoFundMe that benefits his family and the amazing writing he did throughout his experience. I encourage you to go there. And if you can, please support the Charks family. Briefly, I will just say that John was among the first people that we hired to work for The Ringer. So he was instrumental in defining the voice and perspective of the site. He has as much to do with what this place is as anyone else. And throughout his experience with cancer, John communicated eloquently about the challenges he was facing, both through his writing and his podcasting. You could never stop John from talking about his passions. It's one of the things I loved about him. Over the last few months, you know, whenever we would talk, whenever I would reach out to see how he was doing, I would try to keep it very John-focused. And the next thing I knew, we would be talking about James Harden or Better Call Saul. He really loved this stuff. Uh, he loved talking about it, celebrating it, debating it, illuminating it. We're going to keep putting out our pods and writing while we grieve but we wanted to let folks know that John was in our hearts and that his family was in our thoughts. Thanks for listening. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. baby welcome in sunday edition first football sunday edition of new york new york with yours truly jj johnson stremsky rocking and rolling after a very eventful week one and oh my goodness what an eventful week one for the new york football giants that ladies and gentlemen boys and girls is how you start off a football season and here's the bottom line with the giants we know, point blank, the talent base on this team is not a whole lot to write home about. I think we're all aware of the fact that in many ways, this is a feeling out process, an opportunity to see what the new general manager brought to the table and clearing out the roster, what Brian Dable brings to the table as a head coach, and can he get the most out of his quarterback and his running back? Well, I think it's fair to say when it comes to Saquon Barkley, that's the best I've seen Saquon Barkley look in a long, long time. I know he had the one game against the New Orleans Saints last year. whoop de freaking do That to me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, looked like a guy who was fully back, fully recharged, fully ready to rock at that running back position as a game changer. And let's be real. The Tennessee Titans gave the Giants 10 zillion opportunities to go and win this game. In fact, the way this game started from a Giants perspective, it felt like Tennessee, and trust me, you guys know, I was invested in the Giants today. I came out with Joe B plus five and a half. I thought it'd be a tight game. I took him with the points. It felt like the Giants should have been down 24 to nothing. 24 to nothing. To come out in the second half and boom, Saquon Barkley gets the long run. You end up capitalizing. You end up scoring a touchdown. Then Daniel Jones deep to Sterling Shepard down the field. All of a sudden, the Giants, for the first time in forever, 
are getting 60-plus yard plays on offense. Something that was nowhere to be found in the Joe Judge, uh, Jason Garrett, you name it, regime over the last two years. Big plays and New York Giants were not in the same sentence. So to see that is so enlightening. It is so refreshing. It is so fantastic. And look, there were a couple instances at the end of this game where you thought the Giants were going to screw it up. Daniel Jones' inability to get a first down there. Costly. The pick was brutal. Listen, I thought you saw some good from the Giant quarterback today. I thought he was resilient. I thought the fact that he bounced back and made a couple of big plays when the Giants fell behind in the game, you have to respect that. Could have folded after the interception, didn't do it. The interception was a terrible pass. Now, you want to tell me he's got to throw that ball sooner and it ends up being a touchdown on Saquon Barkley? That's not on Saquon Barkley. That's on the Giant quarterback. And he's going to have to talk about that on Tuesday. But I can guarantee you this, he'll be in a far better mood talking about it, knowing that his football team is 1-0. Here's what I loved about Brian Dable today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Here's what I absolutely loved about the Giant head coach. The Giants see Daniel Jones throw that interception. And my first instinct and my first thought is that's a backbreaker. That's one they're not going to be able to overcome. Even with the Titans' inability to score touchdowns, bad play calls, you name it. I'm like, yeah, this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Brian Dable gets in the face of Daniel Jones. Now, after the game, I don't know why Dable says I wasn't yelling at him. He was clearly yelling at him. And I'm curious to see what exactly was that one-on-one interaction between Brian Dable and Daniel Jones, but he was animated. It was as clear as day to anybody who was watching, animated as can be. Accountable. Hey, you can't do that, man. You got to be better. He comes back. Barkley makes some big plays. They go and score a touchdown. Here's what I loved even more. They were on the road. They score that touchdown. Brian Dable says, to hell with kicking the extra point and playing for the tie. No, 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 no. We're on the road. We're establishing a groundwork of what we're going to be about as an organization. We are going for two, and we are playing for the win. I stayed off my phone all day, basically, because when you got 10 zillion games going on, I don't want the text coming in. I don't want to be ahead. I don't want to be behind if, you know, I'm streaming a game or whatnot. So I, I, I silence the notifications. So I'm not firing off tweets left and right. The tweet was, go for two, win the game. They go for two, they win the game. Because Tennessee, even after penalty after penalty, screws up the delay game is so inexcusable on Ryan Tannehill. I don't know where to, where to begin on that. That can't happen. They can't attack when they get inside the giant 30-yard line. They settle for like a 48, 49-yard field goal and Bullock shanked it. That was the story of the day in the NFL. There were a whole lot of games, a whole lot of moments where kickers were just shanking left and right. Bullock is a part of that list. You don't apologize for that, though, if you're the Giants. This is a team that never, never, never anymore gets off to a fast start. How many years are we talking about the Giants? 0-5, and 1-6, 2-7. Season's over by Halloween. The idea that you could go into Tennessee, and I get it, Tennessee was sloppy. Should have been up by more. I don't know what that Fagazi third and one call was with Derrick Henry on your team running a tight end end around. Idiotic. The end of the game, brutal. But you won. You found a way to win. You know how refreshing that is? You know how many giant fans are going to be fired up on Monday saying, hey, guess what? My football team is not only one to start the year. How freaking will you? That is a great gut check win for the Giants. And now the question is, okay, how do you build on it? Matt Rule, the coach I wanted the Giants to hire. The only one Carolina Panthers come to town. There's a little energy. There's a little bit of excitement there, I say, for the next two Giant home games. I understand it's a really low bar. I know we're not dealing with, you know, a ton from a success standpoint over the last few years. That's a great win for a first-year head coach. In his debut game, Brian Dable could not have had a better day. And the defense, give him credit. Ben, don't break. Considering that personnel. Noah Jawari, no Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a good day for Wink Martindale's group. Now, they would have got killed if they gave up the game-winning field goal at the end of the game. But for the most part, I did, they did a pretty decent job. Did Derrick Henry go and run for 300 yards? I don't think so. What a day for the Giants. On the other side of town, not a great day for the Giants. 
And there were a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of instances in this game where certain plays go a different way. We're talking about an entirely different game, whether it's a Corey Davis drop, whether it's a Greg Zerline missed field goal, whether it's the officials missing a blatant hold, which should have been called on a deep pass to Lamar Jackson. All of that is the case. But the bottom line is, this game from the Jets, for me at least, felt like a lot more of the same from what we saw in the 2021 season. It's one game. They were a seven-point underdog. I don't think folks should have been delusional enough to think the Jets with Joe Flacco, a quarterback, were going to go and beat the Ravens. And I know a lot of Jets fans in my life. The great Tommy Keenan, even Beningo who picked them. The fact that Beningo and Keenan were there, I, that was the kiss of death. And Keenan, who I love, and he's a great friend of mine, anytime he is giddy about the Jets going into a game, I, I need to make a mental note of it and go the other way. And I love Keenan. Keenan's actually a bit better. Not with his team. Not with his team. When he likes his team, go the other way. I'll remind everybody of that. I'd be more than happy to do so. But this felt like a 2021 New York check game. Joe Flacco throwing the ball 59 times is not ideal. Mistake score is not ideal. And I know Tyler Conklin after the game was all fired up and was all stoked about this ain't the, this ain't the same old Jets. Well, Tyler, in order for it to not be the same old Jets, guess what? You got to win. Don't sit there and tell me it's not the same old Jets. Go and do something about it. Please. I don't want to hear any chatter coming out of the Jets. Go and win games. Go and compete. Don't be an absolute doormat in this division. That's my message to the Jets. Go and get better. Fine. It's one game. You're a heavy underdog. You played poorly. You made mistakes. Fine. But save me the lectures. And I get it. Guys come from different teams. They say, well, I wasn't here. I wasn't here for the last five years. I wasn't here for the last eight years, nine years, whatever. Change the culture. That's fine. Go and change the culture. That's what this year is about from a Jet standpoint. And, you know, somebody had tweeted this out. I forget who it was. Douglas, who I like because I think his process is good. I, I think he has the right blueprint for how to build a football team. But is he going to pick the right players? That 2020 draft was an abomination. I mean, you go through that 2020 draft when he takes Becton, Mims, Ashton Davis. I mean, a whole lot of stiffs. Whole lot of stiffs across the board in that 2020 draft class. I, I could rattle them all. I'm not going to do it for you, but you get my drift. 2021 looks marginally better, but questions are going to remain about the coach and the quarterback until you see otherwise. This was not the sort of spirited start that I wanted for the season. I didn't expect to win. Some of you may have. I didn't. But this was not exactly what I would call spirited. Cleveland's 1-0. Cleveland is a really good 53-man roster, except for the quarterback position. They are better than the New York Jets, but they're not as good as this Baltimore team. With Jackson held in check for half, Jet defense looks good for half and then falls apart in the second half. I need to see two halves like that from the Jet defense. And now I'll get fired up. Offensively speaking, you're not going to really grade them until Wilson comes back. Let's be perfectly honest. But you spend all this money on the weapons in the offseason. You draft these guys. Let's see them make some plays. Not an ideal first off for gangrene. 0-1. It's so, so interesting to gauge. I thought it was going to be a miserable podcast for the New York football locals. And then the Giants changed that narrative and over the final five minutes of the game. It's funny how that works out. Real quick on the baseball. Looked like a disaster on Friday for the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees on G today, Aaron Hicks is an absolute disgrace in the outfield. That situation between him getting benched, Boone actually doing the right thing and benching him after he drops that ball and doesn't run after it, which was a, a, a joke, and then boots the next play. After the game, the idea that Boone is going to say, oh, I didn't bench him. Aaron, we're not stupid. Like, own it, bro. You made the right call. I'm giving you credit for that. Own it. He got benched. He messed up. I can't have that on my baseball team. How difficult is that to say? Even Aaron Hicks, to his credit, basically after the game was like, yeah, I was benched. I screwed up. Like, I, I, I don't like Aaron Hicks as a ball player, but I admire that accountability. That, can I get that from the manager? 
That said, this could have been a danger weekend. Tampa Bay on their heels. Tampa Bay trying to win the division. The Yankees put that to bed dramatically by winning on Saturday and by winning on Sunday. That first inning on Saturday, where has that been? What a sight for sore eyes that was. Stanton, Donaldson, Torres, Oswaldo. Thank heavens. Thank heavens. And then Sunday, Torres and Stanton going Yahtzee. The Yankees winning a bullpen game and gaining a game on Tampa Bay. Here's the most important thing. The Yankees are now fully whole. We know their problems over the last two months. We know the vibe. We know the feel around the team. But they now have thrown this lead a little bit. They've given themselves more breathing room, and they're done with the Rays for the rest of the season. That's important. This was a big weekend for them. You know who else had a big weekend? The New York Mets. Because after Friday, when Dorr grounded in that double play, and the Mets losing, the Braves winning, I mean, the panic was off the charts going into Saturday. They fall behind on Saturday. Canna Grand Slam, big hits galore. And then on Sunday, exactly what it should have been against the Marlins. Three in the second, one in the first, one in the second, but three in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, boom, 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 and everybody contributing up and down the lineup. Big day for Nimmo. Big day for Nito. Walker, very, very good with 10 strikeouts. And the Mets pound the Marlins. They get some help and some cooperation with the Mariners taking care of the Braves. So now you're one and a half up. You got the Cubs and the Pirates at home. You need a monster homestand here. Let's be real. You got six games, seven games with these teams. I got a look. I don't even know. It's either six or seven. Minimum, I want one loss this week. Is that reasonable from a Mets standpoint. You want to win the division, that's what you got to do. They got seven with the Cubs and the Pirates. Minimum five and two. Minimum. And reality should be six and one. That's how you go and win a division. So three out of four with the New York sports locals these days. Great weekend for the baseball. Great Sunday for the Giants. Not so great a Sunday for the Jets. Now, before we get to voicemails, my buddy Tommy Lugow has been watching football with me all day. We go way back. He worked at my old employer. He used to produce my show. He's a character. He's a little disturbing, but he's a character. He's going to join us in a little bit. We'll have a play for Monday Night Football. Heavy hearts before we hit voicemails on two things. And I got to get this off my chest. First off, this really hit home for me yesterday because I worked at SNY. had a great day. Golf outing, college football, dinner at the parents, the whole deal. Like, really, really good day. And you don't really get a sense of it when you're going to work every day. You just don't. Like, you, you got tens of things going on. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. Am I, am I going to make it on time? Uh, do I, did I bring my makeup? Did I, did I do this? Did I do that? Like, that's, that's life. We all go through that. SNY is a full world trade center. Right in the heart of ground zero. And someone who's from Staten Island, New York, working the city now, a lot of my friends and family and folks that are near and dear to me were affected by September the 11th. And, you know, I'm working in a work last night and I see that firehouse that's right across the street. And I think about the, the guys that went in that day. You're working there. Can't imagine. I can't imagine. You were up in those towers. I can't imagine. 21 years later, it was eerie. Like, it was eerie being there, walking out of the building last night. So I went across the street to the firehouse that had a beautiful memorial honoring the 343 guys that, and women that passed away that day. And it, like, gave me a moment to kind of, like, just reflect a little bit. So that's something to keep in your thoughts and prayers, of course. And then terrible news at the ringer today. Jonathan Sarks, who joined this show about eight, nine months ago, he came on the show. He was such a gentleman battling cancer, lost that fight today. And young guy, likable guy, basketball junkie. It's crushing. Absolutely. Like, I, I can't imagine. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot imagine. So we're hurting here at the ringer today. So we're thinking of you, Sharks. Love you, buddy. May you rest in peace. All right. Voicemails, Tommy Lugauer, all that good stuff. It's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, 
Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. And one more terrible note. I hate to bring all this bad news to you on the podcast before we hit some voicemails. Anthony Vavaro, who was a Staten Island ball player, Curtis High School, played in the major leagues, played for the Braves, played for the Red Sox, then became a Port Authority police officer. He died yesterday. Car accident going to the 9-11 memorial. Tell you folks, with bad news, man, when it rains, it pours. So, think of him as well today. Didn't want to lose sight of that. All right, voicemails. Try to get you back to some positive vibes because there are a lot of positive vibes today. 917-382-1151. Those little things in life, very important. All right, let's hear a lot of giddy voicemails. I hope. Let's get it. What's up, JJ? Nate from Jersey. Check it in. Live from Syracuse, New York, though. Gotta say, just got off that Giants game. Just looks like a completely different team from the last two years to this year. Down at half. Offense not doing shit. They come back. The fight in this team, Saquon looked great. Just everyone never gave up and just pulled out a huge win. The Giants are above 500 for the first time in God knows how long. And it just feels like the start of a of a new era. So there's obviously things that need to be need to be fixed. But for game one, for week one, everyone showed out. Your boy Danny Dimes came through. Just all around great game and just couldn't be happier to start the season. I understand that, Nate. I'd be fired up. I'd be stoked too. Guess what? That's a game the Giants lose in years past. What it means for the year, I have no idea. But for Jones to throw that interception and for the Giants to bounce back and score a touchdown on the next possession, it shows me something. Saquon Barkley running with the purpose shows me something. This coach giving Daniel Jones the business shows me something. You know what else I love? They went for two. They played to win the game. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So you should be fired up. You've seen a lot of bad football the last couple of years. I'm not going to try and diminish that in any ways. Enjoy it. Who's next? JJ, it's TK here. Tommy Keenan. Driving home from the game. There's a lot less passion right now because I've known for at least it's 413 right now. Driving home on 17, and I, you know, the uh, outcome has been decided like an hour and a half ago. So I'm not as fired up as I was. But I will say, I was, I was pro Salah. I was, you know, I had, I said, give him a chance. I'm done. I'm enough. I'm with Joe B. I'm done. I've seen enough. I'm wasting my time. If that statue is quarterbacking my team next week, I will be golfing at Lotteret. I will not watch. I don't want to watch it. It's a disgrace. This team is a disgrace. I just can't watch anymore. I mean, you were right. I thought I was, I was very confident going in, all the haters, but it is a joke. This organization is a joke, and I am done. When we go to Miami on January 8th, I will be golfing on that Sunday because I know we will be 3-13 and 13 and I am not watching the game. Talk to you later. Wow. You got to understand something. Tommy Keenan was as fired up as anybody about the Jets in week one. They're winning. They're going to win. They're going to make a statement. Ba, 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 ba. Week one, he sounds like a beaten man. He might have been the guy leading the Mike White chance for all we know. Look, that was an uninspiring performance from the Jets. And I'm going to reserve judgment on Robert Sala as this season progresses. But the moral victories have got to come to an end. They do. Like, I don't want to hear about the fight. I want execution. I want results. I need progress. We'll see if that progress is there by the time you hit the end of the season. Not ideal having Flacco a quarterback. Flacco at this stage in his career throwing the ball 59 times is just 
anything but ideal. This is a bad matchup for the Jets. The Ravens are a hungry team. They are a championship caliber team. They didn't even play their best game today. They were shut down for a good majority of this game. And then boom, Bateman, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, they get cooking. Jets can't match that. I think this Browns game coming up in week two is far more gettable, even though it's on the road. But the problem is, you look at the schedule. If all of a sudden you lose this game to Cleveland, then it's Burrow and Cincinnati in week three. Then week four, it's a trip to Pittsburgh, where historically speaking, the Jets do not play well. Miami at home in week five. And like, you don't want Shine to be right. The New York Jets will start the season 0-7. I told Beningo that. Wasn't happy. But Costello, I did the podcast with him the other day at Hackensack Brewery. I predicted five wins. Costello predicted four. And Joe was like, nobody likes my team. I'm like, well, Joe, what do you want me to like right now? I need something to like. This did not inspire me. And I know it's a couple of little plays that maybe could this game goes a different way. Maybe. But you've got to execute for four quarters. They did not. And this was not competitive at the end of the game. We've said that way too many times over the last couple of years. Who's next? JJ, it's Anthony and Syosset. Um, Listen, I'm on my way to the Garden right now for Pearl Jam. Sunday, September 11th, Pearl Jam at the Garden in New York City. That's emotional. What a win by the Giants just now. Great win by the Yankees, too. But this is about the Giants because I know you're going to have the quarterback on. And I'm going to say this. Our head coach, all you need to know, he's a Buffalo man, and he drives a blue pickup truck again. He's a Buffalo man who drives a blue pickup truck. Here comes the end train, JJ, for the Garden. I want you to ask the quarterback. It looked like after that interception, our head coach was dreaming him on the sidelines. I'd like to know a little about that. And, JJ, I have a question for you. I know you're a Dolphin guy. Do you have a second football team this year? Again, it's simple. Do you have a second football team this year? I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, my brother. Syosset fired up about his head coach. Fired up that he gave Daniel Jones the business after that interception. And we will find out with Danny what was said there. Uh, He may give me nothing. He's getting a question from me. I want to know. So we're going to ask that question. You better be ready for that one. But give him some stones and some credit for bouncing back and for his team to bounce back and win the game and go for two. No cowardly coaching, kicking the extra point. Playing to win the game. I love it. I love it. And look, I ain't going to beat around the bush. You know my Miami Dolphins are my team. That said, wouldn't be the worst thing if the Giants could give us a competitive season. So we got the quarterback and a team coming on every week. I'd rather talk to him after wins than after games yucks up. It's a little easier from my standpoint. Just saying, Sayasa. So, uh, am I on board? Well, I was on board Sunday. Cash that fucker. Let's go. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Charlie from Elmer's calling in. So, left Yankee Stadium. Yankees with a back-to-back 10-round outburst against the Braves to clinch the series. Hey, how was that Friday night for the Jeter night? I mean, wish they, I wish they won that game. But at the end of the day, they took the series. And I expected this team to go three and three against the Rays. So big news. And there's a couple of things. So one, number one is that it's good to see the offense come around. And big key from this offense is John Carlos Stanton. He has to play and hit behind Aaron Judge. And he started hitting the fastball. Once he started hitting the fastball, John Carlos Stanton, hey, he could be in a big streak coming. So that's number one. Number two. With 10 run outbursts in back to back games, you, this team have compromised the race pitching in terms of how they messed up their, you know, pitching usage. Now they go on five games at Toronto and Raisin, Buddhist, they can kill each other. They can kill each other with that. So that's why winning this series is so important because you go up four up on the loss column and those Raisin, Buddhist can kill each other. And, Number three thing is that with this remaining schedule, Yankees should be in pretty, pretty optimistic shape to win the East with the Blue Jays schedule, how much they have to play, the Rays, like they have the like second toughest schedule remaining in baseball. So now with the Yankees, yeah, I wish they like, you know, we are playing like eight games, nine games or something, but hey, taking two out of three. That's a big deal. And, yeah, just end the off day on Monday, then 
shipping out to Boston. All right, man. Let's go. Charlie, Giancarlo Stanton needs to hit for this team. That is an excellent point. I totally agree. I love for the time being with nobody in this lineup, Judge Stanton is a back-to-back punch because at least you know you got some legitimate protection, assuming Stanton is Stanton. Great to see signs of life from Donaldson and Torres, too. The Yankees need that. And they gave themselves a little breathing room here. Now, it doesn't mean they can let up. They can't go and have a terrible week against Boston and Milwaukee. All of a sudden, the Rays go 5-1, and then you sweat once again. But this could have got real dicey this weekend. So it's encouraging to see some stones from the team. Saturday, the way they respond. Sunday, the way they respond. Good. Good stuff all around. Next. JJ, Phil from Bedford. Another year that after week one, the Jets season is over. I mean, you got to be kidding me with the performance today. I mean, I, I, you know, I couldn't believe Beningo's optimism about the Jets going into this week. Why would you think a washed-up guy like Joe Flacco could score on the Ravens' defense? And the play calling was miserable as usual. Uh, the defense makes no adjustments at halftime as usual. Uh, Robert Sala is lost, punting on fourth and two from midfield down 14. I mean, this guy came in with fanfare, and he has been a massive disappointment. He shows no feel for the game whatsoever, makes no adjustments whatsoever. I mean, aside from a couple of the young guys flashing, even though Brees all fumbled, of course, I mean, the sloppiness, the fumbles, the penalties, and then, of course, Joe Douglas doesn't address Makai Betts in the offseason. He goes down immediately. you got to move George Fanta left tackle. He was a freaking turnstile play against Justin Houston. There is a very realistic possibility that Adam Schein was spot on about the 0-7 start to the season. They are the worst organization in pro sports right now, possibly. I mean, they are so non-competitive. The fact that they're going to go four years without winning a game in September, what a joke! I, I mean, thank God the Mets are in first place. Because I am done rooting. Like, I'm almost like numb to this team. They suck. Goodbye. Listen, before we're putting them in 0-4, can we see how the rest of the month plays out? I understand today was not particularly pretty. Can I see him against the Browns? Can I see him against the Bengals? Can I see him against the Steelers? I think the process has been really good. The issue is, did they draft the right players? That, to me, is the issue from a Jet standpoint. Their process is fantastic. The trades they made for Adams, for Donald, they were fantastic. But did they get the right guys? And did they get the right quarterback? And the head coach, jury's out on him. I'm not to the point where I'm a Keenan. I want a, I want a new coach. Maybe at the end of the year, we are saying that. It's possible. I'm not ruling it out. But after one game, no, I, I still need to see more. Like, I like giving at least two years of a resume. Unless it's so bad in year one where it's like, oh, my God, you have to make a change. And we've seen that. You know, Cam Cameron, for starters. I didn't even get to the giddiness of my team. Don't worry. We'll get to that in a little bit. Last voicemail. Let's hear it. JJ, Justin in Miami. I called last year a few times with the Giants, and I talked about how they had perfected a culture of losing. Making losing plays game after game is the symptoms of a losing franchise. And this culture had been built in for seven to eight years of losing. I think it was eight of the last nine years losing the first two games of the year. Well, how do you break a culture of losing? We saw that today by making winning plays and putting confidence in your players to make winning plays. That Brian Dayball, too, we may look back on some years from now as the start of what turned this around. Look, I don't think this is a great team. I don't think this team is going to go 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven or make the playoffs. But I don't think this team is going to just instantly self-destruct. And I think Dayball today showed you what he has that we never saw with Shermer, we never saw with McAdoo, and we never saw with Judge. Put the confidence in your players to make plays. If you think back nine short months ago, this was a team that was essentially trying to punt the ball on third down, that was playing for 49-yard field goals rather than making winning plays. What did Dave Ball do in his first chance on the road against a team that was the number one seed in the AFC? He went for the jugular, and his players loved it. And as a Giant fan, I have to say, this is probably the best win for this franchise since the 2012 season. 
I understand they were good in 2016, but this is just such a huge win. You know, and I'll just say on Daniel Jones, more of what we've seen, inconsistent, but he made the plays when he had to. And I think the thing with this team is this team's probably not going to go 3-14 and 14 or 4-13 and 13 this year. So let's just see how it goes. But great start to the year. Later, JJ. You know, Justin, I was thinking about this. Since that Super Bowl in Indianapolis, Giants have not had a lot of great moments. They haven't. This is probably the best win they've had as a franchise. Like the Seattle game, Colt McCoy was all right a couple of years ago. Everyone thought Joe Judge could coach. Couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, he looked like such a stooge today on the Patriots sideline. It's 95 degrees in Florida. Why in God's name are you wearing a hooded sweatshirt? Could you look like any more of a moron? I mean, I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm sweating looking at him. Like all the other coaches, Bill's got the short sleeves on. My dude, McDaniel, he's got like the, uh, the dry fit on. And, and, and I see Judge trying to be like a fake tough guy with the sweatshirt. Dude, give me a fucking break. <laughs> I mean, you look like an absolute stooge. And your offense is embarrassing, but that's a story for a different day. Um, they had that great win against Tampa in Jones' debut with Shermer. That was a good win for the Giants. But they haven't had many of those. And the fact that this one is out of the gate, this coach's debut, they were down 13 up and they didn't quit. They took advantage of another team's mistakes. They overcome the adversity of the Jones interception. They score. They go for two. They, they play to win the game. I love it. Something you didn't see from the last coach. Voice smells were great today. Absolutely fantastic. And remember, 917-382-1151 is where we do it. All right, this will be fun. He's a big Giant fan. He's a big Met fan. I haven't had him on this pod. I don't know what it's going to go. My buddy Tommy Lugauer. This should be interesting. That's up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, this should be fun. So this guy's one of my best friends. We worked together for what, eight, nine years? Is that accurate? Something like that. It felt like more like 30. It, it might. And I feel like I've aged throughout that period. You've aged throughout that period. The producer of the afternoon show at FAN and one of my good pals. Now he's a big star. He's on all the time. Tommy Lugauer. And by the way, your Giants are 1-0. And your Mets are in first place. Life should be good. Oh, life is great today. And, and the Braves took it up the you-know-what today where they basically given up. You know, they scored five runs in the top of the ninth and then two gave up two in the bottom of the ninth and they lost in miserable fashion. What a shame. So, yeah, I'm giddy. Very few days I'm giddy, but today I am actually very, very giddy. Okay, Giants right out of the gate. Your yep. Giants have been an embarrassment for the better part of eight or nine years. Yep. Different head coaches. Also, it's a nonsense. Incompetence from Dave Gettleman. I understand Tennessee gave you a lot of opportunities in this game, but to be down 13 to nothing, to fight back, to fight back after the Jones interception, when normally the team would just shrivel up and lose by 14 plus, to score, to go for two, like that is the sort of stuff. I, I, am I overreacting by saying that could be something that we look at as like a culture building type of win? I mean, it's only one game. We don't want to get nuts, but I see a lot of signs where, I hadn't seen that in years past from prior coaches and prior regimes. I'd be fired up about that. Oh, yeah, there's a lot to be fired up from. I mean, listen, the Titans absolutely pissed themselves. There's no doubt about it. They lost this game just as much as the Giants won it. But you give the Giants credit because the Titans opened the door and the Giants ran through it. This is a loss last year. This is an absolute loss last year. And now the head coach goes out there. He rips the quarterback after the pick. He goes for two, and when he gets back to Hoboken, he's not going to have to pay for a meal all week. Well, right can you now imagine the last coach going for two? Well, the last no coach is a- chance. 
And, and did you see him, by the way, in the Dolphin Patriot game? It's 95 degrees in Florida. He's rocking the hoodie. I mean, what a stooge. He's an what abs- a stooge. He's a total goon. The fact that that guy was wearing a sweatshirt, basically 95 degrees in Miami. And, of course, you're giddy because the Patriots stink and the Dolphins took it to him. But, yeah, this is a game they lost last year. Judge is never going for two. He's never getting on Jones. So that's the stuff you like. There's a lot of positives. Now, Jones still throws the interception. Mind-boggling. Galladay, I'd leave him in Nashville. You're talking about Robinson was hurt. Uh, Tony was on some kind of pitch count. And this guy was invisible. He sucks. He needs to go away. There are still some stench of Gettleman on this team. And one of those guys we thought going into the year was Barkley, who took a ton of crap, deservedly so. I will always say this about Barkley. It's not his fault that Gettleman took him at two. That's not Barkley's. That's not on him. That's on Gettleman. But Barkley has stunk. He played hard today. We'll see if he can keep that up and stay healthy all year because he's motivated. He's motivated. And when he's healthy, he can give you these brilliant games, and he freaking carried them. He was amazing. That is the sort of burst I have not seen from Saquon Barkley in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I know he had that great game against the New Orleans Saints last year. It felt different today. It felt like the guy we saw at Penn State. It felt like the guy we saw for a good majority of his rookie season. And what I loved was he wasn't trying to do too much. It wasn't a whole lot of dancing, but the explosiveness was there. Now, I'm not going to get nuts with him yet, Tommy, because of the injuries. And can he do it over 17 games? But this is the sort of game, if the Giants have any hope of being competitive as a team, they need this version of Barkley. Absolutely. And he spent the entire offseason chirping, talking a lot of shit. You know what? You talk that stuff, you better back it up on the field. This isn't Backed it up today. This isn't Kansas City. This isn't some dopey town where three people cover the team and this stuff goes unnoticed. He did a lot of media and he talked a lot of junk. Well, guess what? He backed it up today, but we'll see because he always gets hurt and he doesn't make the tough runs, but he did it on that two-point conversion. He gave you that. He showed you toughness. He looked like a guy that's on a mission. That he we'll wanted see. it. Yeah. That he wanted it. And that's listen, it. there is now a precedent of guys betting on themselves and sure. not that he really bet on himself. He's under contract. But you've seen it with Judge with the Yankees. I think you're going to see it this year with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. He doesn't have his contract. I think he's going to look to give it to them and say, hey, you're going to just pay me more and more and more. And hey, look, I hated the Barkley pick at the time. I never would take a running back at two. And I don't even want to get into what next year looks like. Because you know what? We're week one this year. It's about, can I see Barkley finally live up to that guy who was selected second in the draft? That's what it's about. Yeah, and we'll see. And it's going to ultimately come down to whether or not he can stay healthy which he hasn't been able to do. And now the Giants are in a position where you're off a great win. They're going to be the toast of the town because they share a building with an absolute dumpster fire embarrassment is the Jets. I mean, I've said this all the time. If you're a Jet fan, that is a poor life decision. It's just a joke, bro. And every year- Dude, they were getting- Let me tell you something. We have Beningo on the podcast. Beningo, who is usually Mr. Negativity with them. Yep. Picked them. Well, I'll say this. Keenan. Keenan picked them out like Keenan told me they were going to win nine games this year. I love Joe to death. He is the reason I got into the business. I now work with Evan Roberts. I love Evan, too. I love both them dearly. But Joe picked the Jets. Evan picked the Jets. And Joe went to the game. Out of principle, you picked the Ravens. That combination is undefeated. And they were at the I Love Ghost games. They both love the Pats. This was a must-hammer spot for the Ravens. I mean, the Jets are an absolute joke of a team. So now you have a situation where the Jets are in disarray and the Giants, believe it or not, have a little bit of this momentum. Well, now you get Carolina next week Me and we'll too. see what they do. You nailed it. Rule comes in, the coach they didn't hire. Right. Mayfield loses the revenge game against his former team. Yep. You really want this to be something that is like, hmm, eye-opening. You go and win against Carolina. You know, the following week is Dallas. Oh, home, yeah. Monday, Monday night. night. Yes, Rosh Hashanah. You want right. to get a rocking game. Yeah. That would be a rocking Monday night game if the Giants, and I don't want to put the court before the horse, Carolina, Giants, I don't even know what the spread is. I bet it's right around Pickham. I don't think it's going to be any crazier than that. You win that game, regardless of how the season goes, this team never gets off the fast starts. The idea that they could give you something, even if it's a month or two, beyond refreshing. Well, John, and I'm living in the emotion right now because I'm a guy that came into the season that said best Very case, negative. Best case scenario for the Giants where they win three games, they draft a quarterback, and we go from there. But it's impossible after a win like that not to be giddy. And now you have Carolina next week. 
and you're right. That game with Dallas, and you know this about Cowboy fans, bro. You could go to Pluto, and there are cow they're Cowboy fans. Bro. Timbuktu, they're, they're all everywhere. over the place. Yeah. And they're going to pack MetLife. And if you could get that rivalry back and cooking, that's great. That's two weeks from now. This is a game we're going to see a lot about the coach. We're going to see a lot about this team. Because this is a game that has trap written all over it, right? Big win, emotional, on the road. Now you come back. You're playing a Carolina team who's not, at least early on here, it doesn't look like they're going to be very good. Let's see if they can build that momentum. But it's home opener. You got to be ready to rock. You got to be ready to rock. And I expect that crowd to be ready to rock. They've been dying to have a game that means something. I expect it to be electric Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And look, to me with the Giants, here's the problem about that narrative and that picture you painted. The conference, bro. They're in the wrong conference to stink. Yeah. The AFC, that's where you got the loaded nature of teams. The NFC doesn't have that. The division they play in doesn't have that. That's why, dude, their Vegas total was at seven. Sure. That's why. Yeah. And, and John, I'll say this. Two things I loved about the coach today. Got on the quarterback after the pick and went for two. Oh, the two. The show had some stones. What a concept. Bro, I want my coach to play uh, the game like he's playing Madden. I don't want to punt. I want to go for two. I love it. Go, go, go. I love None of this it. old man football yes. bullshit. All right? Thank go you. for stuff. Let's go here. If you're going to lose, lose. Have a little gamble in you, damn it. The team is stunk. They've been an embarrassment. They've basically been out of it before October over the last couple of years. Let's go here. Let's go for the win. I love it. Allow the Titans to wet the bed. And that's what they did. They went for it, dude. And even if it's for one week, you feel like you got something with a head coach. And it all starts at the coach, and it starts with the quarterback, who has a lot of questions still to be answered here because he didn't play great. I still think he takes way too many chances. He's going to get hurt. He makes too many mistakes. He has a lot to prove still. But it looks like you might have something here with the head coach. This is the most fired up I've seen you with the Giants because, listen, I talk to Tommy every day. We're in a group chat. We talk every day. You have been as down on the Giants. What's to be, what's well, to be positive right, about? No, 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 no. Yeah. And rightfully so. Right. Where you'll find some delusional folks who try to pick, you know, paint a picture that they're going to win nine to ten games every single year. You feel like they stink. At least now, for you to have this, it tells you something. Well, bro, I tell like it is. I'm not one of these pie in the sky, rah, rah, pep rally guys. Yeah, that thinks they're going to win, you know, 10 games or 45 games and this, that, and the other. And just wants to be a troll on Twitter. I'm not like that, dude. I call it like it is. I have that little brother mentality of being a Met fan. Of course you don't. So I'm very negative. But when I see a game like this and I see positive things from the head coach, it makes me think, okay, for right now, as we record this podcast, right now, I am positive. There's still things that drive me nuts. Galladay's a bum. Plenty of other things. A lot of issues. There were still turnovers, mistakes, penalties. It, they still had to clean up that first you know, half was a joke, disaster. But they figured it out. They found a way. They showed you something. They showed you something. And when they show you something, I'll throw them a bone. Your beloved New York Mets. Yes. After Friday, I'm with Beningo doing his podcast yeah. in Hackensack. Uh-huh. Watching him react to the Lindor double play in real time. Uh-huh. Even as Aaron Hicks is literally at the same time that I had on Friday night, Lindor grounds into the double play. And I got Aaron Hicks booting balls like <laughs> they still tomorrow and boom benching him. And then Boone not having the balls to say after the game, yeah, I benched him, which is common. Well, he's a, he's well a it's embarrassing. Don't yep. get me started. But... The Mets lose that game Friday, Braves win. Yep. And you're like, oh boy. Yep. Marlins, maybe the Marlins is spunky. Maybe the Mets lose two out of three. Braves keep winning. To have Friday go the way that it goes. And then you come back, pound Lopez Saturday, pound the Marlins Sunday. Brave lose two in a row. Yeah. You needed that, dude. In no the doubt. absolute worst way. No doubt. Uh, full disclosure, 37 years old, Met fan. It is a self-fulfilling you're prophecy. You talk about a bad life choice. That. My friend, for you, it was a bad life choice. Oh, it's a disaster. Right, as long as you want. And, and I've said this before. Those of you not familiar with me, those of you that may not listen to me on the fan or heard me on Carton and Roberts, I looked at it like this. When you live in this town, okay, you're not in a place where it's just one baseball team, one football team. You have a choice. And door number one is the Yankees. That's a Cadillac. And door number two is the Mets. It's a toaster oven. They have stunk. They've had so many disasters, including losing the freaking Yankees in the World Series, that I'm not over and will never, ever get over. Ever. Ever. Even if you win one? Ever. That will that will sting forever. What if you What if you beat the Yankee in the World Series? I don't even want to play them. Because, John, you know what? They're not going to beat well, the Yankees. No, no, no. They're I, not beating the Yankees in the all, World Series. All, even this gimp team that you root for now, they're a they joke. A, they're gutless. I still wouldn't want to face them in the World Series. I don't want it either. Spoiler alert. When the Mets play the Yankees, the Mets lose. Sorry. That's well, just the I case. can tell you this. You play the Yankee. I may have you in the Delta suite with me, considering you went to the two games at Yankee. Oh, you went to that Monday game at Yankee Stadium. Oh, bro. Scherzer, minus 180, and you knew I was on the Yankees yes. that day. Of course. Bro, the Yankees couldn't beat 
anybody. Freaking boom, slamming the tables. They were a joke. They couldn't score any runs. The Mets go into the Bronx, and they get freaking wiped away. All right? that That's all you got to say. So I want no part of it. So, yeah, you grow up in New York. You grow up as a Mets fan. You see the Yankee dynasty. You see the Mets losing the World Series, the debacle with the Cardinals, blowing the two-division leads to the Phillies, losing to the Royals in the World Series. All this crap that you've had to live with, you just wait for the other shoe to drop. Now, with that said, this season, every single time I've been ready to go nuts because I'm mental with this stuff. It's personal. It's personal. With me and the Mets, it's personal. The Giants have won two Super Bowls. We're good. The Mets, it's personal. Every single time. You feel old. No doubt. I'm old. I feel like they've run up a tab and they need to pay it off. Now, every single time I've been ready to go nuts, they've shut me up. Every single freaking time. And you like that. Yes. You got to like that. Absolutely. Even this week, Scherzer, IL, Marte, IL. All this stuff, everything that usually sinks this team, it hasn't. And maybe, I'll tell you why just that's maybe, the case. it won't. I'm going to tell you why. Buck freaking Showalter. You're right. That's why. You're right. If Louis Rojas was Please. managing this nice team, guys, Steph. they would be four or five games behind the Braves. Sure. And I say that with confidence. And I get annoyed when I have, you know, the, the, the Bobs and the social Jeffs of the world that try to argue with me when I get on Aaron Boone. A manager doesn't matter. Look at the Red Sox last year. Look at the Mets this year. Don't tell me a manager doesn't matter. Oh, it definitely matters. That's bullshit. No, it definitely matters. And I do think the Mets did fail their fans at the trade deadline. I think the bullpen. They did. You should have added a bullpen. Yep, they they, they didn't do that. It was a huge mistake. I hope it doesn't come back to haunt them. I mean, Adovino's been good. Diaz has been great. Uh, But yeah, I'm one of these fans that, uh, and this was before Seinfeld said what he said. I'm a kind of guy that. So you hated the trumpet. I like the trumpet. I like the music. I don't like when there's a rallying cry first Yankee and their scum fans or basically people that hate the Mets to have something to shove in our face. I don't like that. Well, I got to be honest, being dude, a whiny watching that game against the Dodgers, I was figuring, all right, this is what Diaz completely implodes. Right. Like in normal Met years, sure. it goes completely to shit. The fact that it didn't is a good sign. All right. Now, it is September the 11th as we tape this. Will the New York Mets win a National League East? Um, yes. Wow. Well, I thought you were going to say no. I agree with you. They will. They will. They will. Uh, and they will not get to the World Series if they don't. Oh, I agree. Oh, no, no. Listen, winning the division is absolutely paramount because the road, if they don't, will be impossible to manage. And it's not that they can. It's that the Grom and Scherzer won't be able to handle it. Yeah. I Their arms will fall. No, I agree. You, you, you have the winning the Scherzer division. Scherzer was dead last year against the Braves. Yep. Dead. And that series at the end of the year against Atlanta, they better be up by four or five games. That series better not matter. Because if it does, and I understand they've handled the Braves, that all those worries and fears. Hey, you lost three out of four to them. That's When it. you could have buried them sure. in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And, and they played great uh, despite today and some other little mishaps. Uh, so it, it would be scary. But I, I do because, bro, every single time I've been negative, they've shut me up. So I'm going to try to remain a little bit positive. Do I think they're winning the World Series? I do not. Uh, but I will say this, and this bothers Yankee fans, and it should. And I'm not going to go out on the limb and be like, you know, because you've heard some Yankee fans. We've gotten calls, John, on the fan where the Yankees are now the Wilpon Mets. That's BS. No, they no, no, still see, spend like, money. A, they still they got standing coal recently. But, but they could be going to further extremes. And they're not. Well, here's a big problem. Like, think about it from a money standpoint. Their offseason move, 20 plus million dollars on Josh Donaldson. Right. That's not $5 million. No, it was a bad move. It was a bad move. But they still spent money. Horrible move. Listen, bro, and I don't want to turn this into a cash thing, but he had a terrible offseason and a terrible trade. And if this team flames out early. And he's got a contract somehow. Well, if he flames out early, he should be gone. He won't and be. And same with the manager. No, the manager will fall on the sword for cash. See, I don't know about that. Because they could have fired the manager last year and chose not to because Cashman put his foot down. Yeah. Cashman is the reason Aaron Boone, I think, is still managing the I team. agree, but if somebody has to get thrown overboard, it's going to be Boone before Cashman. That's See, I, I, think, I think they're both going to be gone. Interesting. So you think they both oh, I, I If I were on the team and you stuck your neck out for Aaron Boone and then you have this offseason and then you have this unreal start for three months and sure. flame out, I'm putting on both of them. Can you imagine a world where the Yankees lose the division, get bounced in the wild card, and the Mets are in the World Series? Imagine that world. I mean, it could happen. Now, what I well, to finish the point, I do think the Mets now have an owner. Because of money, because of ego, because he's a real fan. And wants to win. Wants to win. He wants so to be badly. the guy Big to time. save the Mets. No doubt. There's no doubt. And I don't blame him. It would be like me and you owning the team and having this opportunity. We just don't have that loot. That's it. Maybe uh, Uncle Bill could one day uh, finance me to own the Yankees that, one day. That'd, that'd be, be nice. So I am, I'll take the loan. I am never going to say, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to win it. But I am confident that we have an owner that's going to do whatever it takes to get there. And that's a good thing for you. Um, final one. Yes. Describe to everyone out there. We're in a group chat. 
<laughs> it is me, Tom Urgauer, uh, Mike Carver, who works over at Sports Grid, James Ward, who works over at SNY, CeeLo, who's at FAN and SNY, he's got like 10 zillion jobs. Describe Sean to- Marash. Sean Marash, who I forgot about, of course, DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Describe to the New York, New York audience mm-hmm. what the group chat on a day in and day out basis consists of. Oh my God. Well, first of all, it's a lot of, you know, gossiping. Uh, of course. It's a lot of like. Of course, 30 something year old men gossiping. Yep. It's a lot of gambling talk. A lot of sure. gambling talk. Uh, Daily, especially during the NFL it's season. It's a lot of me. I am the only Met fan in there. So I am. Uh, we you gang know, up on you. There's no doubt. No doubt. So, but don't worry. An elephant never forgets. I keep the receipts. Uh, during a football Sunday, college football Saturday, big Yankee game, big Met game, it is electric. And it's one of those things where if you have, me and you don't have kids, but if you're a CeeLo S kids and he puts the phone down or puts it on mute, he looks back an hour later and there's 450. You're finished. You're finished. finished. So it is alive. Our wives and girlfriends all hate it because we are locked in on the phone and it's fun for us. It's almost like this, John. We don't get to see each other as much and hang out. So we hang out via our phone. Correct. It's like we're at the bar, having some beers, watching the games, except we're not. We're on our phone doing it. And it's awesome, dude. I mean, it's a, I, we are so much. We barely see each other. We go years without I seeing some of the guys. But we're like all best friends. And I hadn't seen you. If, well, actually, this year I've seen you a lot. Yeah. We play golf. Ba, ba, ba. But like there was a time where I hadn't seen Maresh in over a year. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, I talk to him every day. That's it. Disturbing. Buddy, don't be a stranger. I need you back for the playoffs. I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can handle that. No, I do. No, I, th- that's where you're gonna get me. I, I don't know if I can handle it. No, but that's where you I don't want to sa- make any promises. I appreciate. The no, but that's where you got to sack up. If you're here, <laughs> I, and, and I'll be honest, he won't be here for a playoff game because I can't tolerate any any of that while you're here. But don't be a stranger. You got it. Tommy Lugauer, WFAN, man of many talents. That was fun. All right, we'll do a quick run through the NFL, and we'll say goodbye right after this. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Ton of fun there. I mean, Luke Gower, one of the few people who can match my energy. He was on fire today. Absolutely on fire. I mean, listen, you may have a future doing this. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get into Kevin Belby business and I'm going to start having talents. You know, Kevin's got a good track record. I mean, he's got me. You know, that's, that's a good place to start. He's got me. I think he's got Noah Eagle too. That's not bad. I'm not his most, eh. Noah's probably, you know, his most high profile client. Noah and Claudia, they, they take the cake, you know, but I'm uh, good on me. Not bad. We've carved out a nice little career for ourselves, just saying. Just saying. But I, I'm buying Tommy Lugauer's stock. That's what I wanted to say. A uh, quick run through of the week. What a nutty week one. I mean, the witching hour in week one between what you had in the Steel Bengal game when nobody wanted to win the game, the, the botch snaps from Cincinnati because they didn't have their long snapper, then Burrow getting his absolute ass beat, injuries gore. The Steelers actually coming down the field and kicking a field goal to win it when I thought the game was going to end in a tie. I thought we were going to have two week one ties with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and with Houston and, and Indianapolis. And the, the Colt Texan box score, you look at the box score in that game, 517 yards of offense for Indianapolis. They fell behind 23. They come back. They can't find a way to win it. Nutty, nutty game all around. Uh, and the Colts continue to be a terrible bet in week one. And the Bengals continue to trend the Super Bowl losers, not covering the number. Eagles had a big lead against Detroit. Big day for A.J. Brown in his debut. The Lions, to their credit, came storming back. Benigno got a cover on that one. Uh, I included that one, of course, in the Super Contest. That bothered me. I lost the battle with my partner. I wanted the Chargers. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Be that as it may. Bradbury would have picked six. You don't like seeing that if you're a Giant fan, but big win for Philadelphia to start off year 1-0. Don't want to lose on the road. Uh, Trey Lance looked awful. That was the takeaway I had from the Chicago game, and I understand it was a monsoon, and I understand it was his first start. To have 164 yards of passing in that game is embarrassing. Uh, he went totally off his mark. Key turnovers. The Niners are one of those teams. They're invested in Lance. But if they get off to a slow start, the cat calls for Jimmy Garoppolo are going to be there. He's on the team. 
Like, I bet the Niners to win a Super Bowl or to get to the Super Bowl with the understanding, hey, roster's great. Shanahan will figure out the quarterback. So far, you haven't seen positive results with Trey Lance. My team. What a performance from my team. I love the stones from my head coach. They get the defensive touchdown early. They get the Mac Jones beautiful interception to Holland early. They're up 10 nothing. Fourth and seven. Instead of saying, you know what? Let's punt it. Let's go to locker room up 10. Mike McDaniel says, yo, baby, I'm going on fourth and seven. Tua, Waddle, touchdown. That sort of aggressiveness is so damn refreshing. Even at the end of the game, last year the Dolphins against the Patriots played cheap away for three and a half quarters to see this coach say, nah, pedal a medal. Trust in Tyree Kill. Trust in Tua. Trust in Waddle. I loved it. I loved it. They own the Patriots in New England. Now we'll see what the Dolphins can do week two against the Ravens. And if they win that game, I'm going to be insufferable. I'm just telling you that right now. If the Dolphins go to Baltimore and win, where they never win, I am going to be like floating going into this podcast on Sunday. So big win for my boys. And I'm down on the Patriots. I am not a believer. I think that is a seven-win team. I, I don't see it. I do not see it with New England. Commanders, back and forth game with the Jaguars. Up big. Jaguars come storming back. The Penn State kid, what a touchdown at the end of the game. 28-22. Some teams find ways to lose. The Jaguars are one of those teams. The Browns-Panthers game, nutty. Browns are up big. Panthers come storming back. I'm sick because I had the Panthers, due to my buddy, one and a half in the Super Contest. And I'm actually rooting for them to lose the game outright because I didn't want to lose the Super Contest play. A one-point win would have made me sick. Thankfully, Browns hit a big field goal, end up winning the game. And Carolina now comes to MetLife Stadium at 0-1. Uh, late window, I should have bet the Chiefs. You want to ask me what my biggest regret was of week one? Not hammering Kansas City against Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury stinks. The Chiefs, no, Patrick, uh, no Tyreek Hill, no problem. Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns. The Chiefs are going to have a monster season again. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team. They're going to win. 11, 12 games. With that quarterback and with that coach, as long as there are no injuries, Mahomes to Kelsey is going to be a thing all year. Chargers, this game, drove me to drink, almost, because they're a big cars throwing a zillion interceptions. The Chargers, though, are one of those teams that loves to make it interesting. Thankfully, they got some big first downs when they needed to. They got big stops. I mean, their pass rush with Mack, Bosa, and Kyle Van Oy is going to be fun all year. 24-19 over the Raiders. Big game from Carr. Bad, bad game from Carr. Way too many mistakes. Vikings. It was my favorite play today. Dominant first half. Didn't do much in the second half. Good enough. 23-7 over the Packers. And before you overreact with Green Bay, know this. Green Bay, last year, lost to New Orleans by like 40-plus points. 40-plus points. Whatever the hell it was. Following week, got it right. Ended up being the number one seed. Don't write the obituary on the Packers yet. That said. I think they're both playoff teams. I think Minnesota's better. I really do. I think Minnesota's better. And one game we didn't hit on, the Falcons-Saint game. I mean, uh, it is amazing how some teams just, they, they constantly find ways to lose these games. The Falcons are one of those teams. 16-point lead, they yuck it up in the fourth quarter. Michael Thomas gets it going, scores a couple of touchdowns. Lutz is one of the best kickers in the NFL. Big win for my Saints over. Every win, when you got a a season total in the future, trust me, they count. Every single win. This podcast was so much fun. We got a Monday night game tomorrow. That's where we sign off and say goodbye. Jeff Money, the floor is yours. What's the play? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap for picks. It'll be from Monday the 12th. Now, this game you already know is the Monday night game. Part of my five uh, plays already after the 1 o'clock during this uh, call. I'm 2-0 going into the 4 o'clock games for the five picks uh, super contest style. So you already know this play. I'm going with the Broncos minus the six and a half over the Seahawks. You know, I'm going with the Broncos, of course, going minus the six and a half. All right, JJ, everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. I would lean towards Denver. I would assume Denver. The line is a little stinky. though. Now, so is the Raven Jet game for what it's worth. I can't put my money on Geno Smith. So I would endorse the pick. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go 5-0. and We'll see if the Cowboys cooperate. doesn't matter. I'm in too good a mood. Remember, Daniel Jones on Tuesday. Tuesday night, 
I will be in Boston, Spotify Live, after Yankees, Red Sox, and after the Mets. So loaded Tuesday content. Daniel Jones early in the day. Tuesday night, Spotify Live from Fenway. We'll have ringer gambling stuff. I'm on with Raheem on Monday. I'm on with the East Coast Bias Boys on Tuesday. I'm going to have no voice from all yelling and screaming I do watching these football games. It's the best. A lot of sad things happen today. Life's too short. Keep that in perspective, folks. Enjoy those little things any which way you can. Well, after all, great job by Stefan. Enjoy your Monday. We'll chat with the giant quarterback come Tuesday. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.